Hello, and welcome to Farmers Capital Conversations. I'm your host, Casey Silveria. This podcast aims to help farmers expand your capital, whether social, intellectual, or economic. Investing on and off farm is hard enough. Here, we will provide insightful stories and resources to help out. Full transparency, this is our shameless way for you to like us and hopes you partner with us down the road. Lastly, there are no ads here. All I ask is you enjoy and share if you find value. Now, on to the episode. What we do and what we provide to farm operations is the big understanding. We're, we're the conduit between those resources. We're the conduit between what your vision is for your farm operation, between taking those rocks out of the bucket and saying, okay, here's, here's some ideas on how you should organize them. You know, which piles do these rocks need to go in and which piles need to not go in the other piles. And then once you have that framework set out, it's, it's pretty clear. And then it's just the process of getting it done. And that's where you employ and work with the other strategic resource partners to pull that picture together of, okay, how do we take where we're at and paint that picture to where we're going and get set up for success. And so having someone that can act as the conduit or act as, you know, the other analogy that we make is an insurance agent might be a half inch wrench and a CPA might be a nine sixteenths and an attorney might be a three quarters. It's great if you need those three wrench sizes, but sometimes you need to have flexibility between all of them. And so we're kind of like the crescent wrench. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Today, we have on Shea Folk, an agronomy expert from Northeast Iowa, Iowa State University grad, former Army Ranger. And today, he's, he, he uh, runs Co-Ammonier Seed and consults with AgView Solutions and passionately aids farms worldwide in profitability, risk management, and business development. Shea, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. I've been... Uh, I listened to your podcast. You know, I was diving into your website. You guys got a lot of cool stuff going on, um, not only with AgView Solutions, but mowing your seed. I, I think you were just on the road, you know, managing a few trucks out there with mowing your seed. But before we uh, get into all of that, maybe if you could just give us a little bit of your past background and you have a pretty diverse set of experiences. So, yeah, just a brief overview on your past would be awesome. Yeah, I'll start with, uh, you know, I'm married to my wife, Hannah, who I met at Iowa State University. Uh, she actually went to University of Illinois. We met on an agronomy in Nebraska, and we always like to joke that the rest is history, but we got two little girls uh, running the seed business in northwest Illinois, just north of Peoria, south of Interstate uh, 80 there, about 30 miles. And so, you know, went to Iowa State did the gig there on the agronomy side and, and really enjoyed that grew up around agriculture, row crop operation, livestock as well. And, uh, had a calling to join the military. So about 10 days after I graduated from Iowa state enlisted in the U S army and went through the progressive training for basic infantry, advanced infantry, uh, airborne ranger assessment selection program and found myself stationed with first ranger battalion and uh, of the 75th ranger regiment in savannah georgia spent four and a half years there uh, did two deployments to afghanistan and it came time where we were looking at you know what is what does our future look like and the writing was a little bit on the wall with the global war on terrorism winding down and we thought well it's a it's a great time to move back and get involved with my wife's family operation and when we did that um you know, my, my family also was was and is involved in the consulting business with AgView Solutions. And so we kind of did a blended program as we came back. 
And I, I started by spending 75% of my time in the consulting and, and 25% in the seed business and found that as we grew in both categories, it really needed to be about 50-50. So mm. that brings us to today, five years later, uh, I spend 50% of my time consulting with ag businesses, uh, farm operations all over the U.S. and Canada, and uh, the other 50% of my time running our family farm operation there in Northwest Illinois, growing the seed business, a uh, little bit of everything from retail seed, packaging and conditioning, cover crops, and just really enjoying what I do every day. You, you, you mentioned all going on today, but I find that that's a, a pretty cool place to be. Yeah, that's great. And you're also able to join, you know, family operations. You know, it seems like it can get pretty dicey when working with family and friends, but it sounds like you've found this nice mix where you're able to bring your experience and, you know, manage that seed operation half the time and then working consulting for 50 or the other 50% of the time. But well, first I thank you for your service, like two tours. That's awesome. My brother did a tour, um, have a glimpse of what it was like over there. Um, but appreciate, appreciate you, sir, for that. Yeah. No, thanks for mentioning that. And your, your comment on family there, it can be the, the most challenging thing in the world and the most rewarding thing in the world. And, uh, fortunately here this last year, we were able to bring my wife, Hannah into both operations in the consulting business and, and the farm operation and, you know, her, her integrating in and learning the business and, and elevating what we're doing there taking 30% off of my plate has made me 50% better. And so I think that's the cool part is any of the farm operations listening to this, taking a step back and realizing the assets and the value and the determination that the people in your family and in your team have is just, it's huge. Mm-hmm. Well, especially when they take things off your plate that you really just hate doing or just aren't good at that. Maybe, you know, her skill set is more apt to do those things. Yes, absolutely. And, and I think that's key in any team role of how do you identify, here's some things I want to do more of, here's some things I want to do less of. And you might have a person sitting right next to you that's like, well, I don't mind those things that you don't like doing. I'll, I'll take on more of that. And uh, we, call, we call that exercise delegate to elevate, and it's pretty impactful. I like that, delegate to elevate. It's uh, very simple, but, but yeah, it rings true. So does she, is she mainly focused on the seed or does she also help you in the consulting business AgView solutions? Both. Uh, okay. She is the business role, uh, similar to my mother, uh, who works with, with Chris, you know, they're married and so works with Chris, the, my consultant partner. And so there are business managers managing our, our scheduling, contact, invoicing, uh, all of, you know, more of the, we, we say that they focus on the context and Chris and I focus on the content of what we're doing in the business. And then on the farm operation, uh, she's handling variable accounts receivable. Gotcha. So, so with this consulting business, can you give us like a quick high overview of what type of consulting you guys are helping farmers with? Yeah, I think uh, the first thing that I would say there is people hear the word consultant and it can mean a lot of different things. Our, our vision and our, our mission at AgView is to help people and businesses thrive. And so we don't have any cookie cutter examples of this is what works for all businesses or this is what works for all operations. Generally speaking, and, and kind of how we got into this was helping people with cost of production. And so we have a tool called Profit Manager that dials in cost of production for any, any crops that you have to uh, you know, pay
pennies per bushel or, uh, you know, dollars per ton or whatever metric it is that you're using so that you feel confident when you're making your marketing decisions, when you're looking at expansion, taking on new opportunities. Uh, and, and through that process over the last 30 years, Chris kind of found that you get into a lot of other things. So you can have all the numbers in the world figured out, but then you get into things like, okay, how do we, how do we transition plan? You know, how do we start doing some of our uh, transition planning, some of our business structuring on what the farm of the future needs to look like. And it's interesting because a lot of this stuff is going on at the same time. You know, you're trying mm. to get your numbers dialed in. You're trying to bring in the next generation to the farm. Uh, you have growth and change, which I think every, every business and every farm experiences. And so how do you get that put together? And that's where Chris and I come in with the AgView uh, solutions team and, and just talk through, you know, here's some ideas on what you can do for business structure. Here's some areas that we can help you get dialed in on cost of production um, as you go through that transition with the next generation. And we, we started to find too, that when you get into a lot of those subjects that communication and team help you, uh, I don't know if your family's perfect, but <laughs> I think uh, everybody's family sometimes has issues with communication and team health. So how do we professionalize that environment and help you get through that process? And then, you know, we started doing a few other things. We, we put on a conference uh, this year, it's in Phoenix, Arizona, and it's a AgView Executive Business Conference. So it's, it's what you want out of a ag conference from business decision-making, not go look at tools and equipment, but it's, hey, we're here to learn and talk and feel business and interact and network with some of the best producers in the country. Uh, and then finally, what I would add is we also host peer groups. And again, that's another one of those those uh, catchphrases that you hear peer groups and it can mean a lot of different things. Sometimes people think, Oh, you get together and go to a farm. And sometimes you think, Oh, well, you get together and drink beer and talk about how you can get better. <laughs> and, and there's certainly variations of it, but how we run and facilitate our peer groups is we put together uh, eight operations, progressive farm operations from diverse backgrounds, diverse geographies. And you go and spend two and a half days twice a year, at different farm operations who host and do an in-depth dive into their financials or their team dynamic dynamics. You interview key employees or uh, retail providers, people that they do business with on how do you solve whatever it is that they want the group to address and make their farm better. And, and actually that's, that's one of the most impactful things that we do just going through and living that experience. You can't really describe it until you're part of it. Um, and so we're, we're operating uh, seven or eight of those peer groups right now across the country. And it's, it's been really cool. I've never heard of that. That, that is really cool, Shay. So you have eight, all of these different peer groups, about eight people or eight operations in one peer group. Each one of them hosts each time. So everyone travels to that location and it's a kind of like a two day session. Yeah, so you, it's typically uh, two and a half days. So you show up day one about two p.m. Uh, you do operational updates, get to know you know get to either know each other on the first meeting or talk about what's changed in your operation since last meeting, what challenges, opportunities, things like that. Uh, and then day two, uh, host operation gives a presentation. You maybe do a farm tour if you're looking at things that are relevant to like growth, expansion, financial analysis, things like that. And then you really do a deep dive for six or eight hours into interviewing people and saying, 
hey, you know, what, what's Casey got going on in this operation or what's Chris messing up or, you know, how is Shay's managerial skills impacting the team? And you, you have these one-on-one confidential interviews. And then what the group does is they put together a SWOT analysis for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, and they present it back to the host operation. So it's not just us coming in as consultants and, and giving that information, which has value to it, but it's your peers, it's other progressive farm operations saying, hey, you know, we really think you need to focus on this, or maybe you're too hung up on that. So how do you, how do you uh, get that peer feedback in an environment that's non-competitive, because we're pulling people from different areas, with people that are, are like-minded and progressive and invested, and then also in a format that's professional where, you know, Chris and I come in uh, and we facilitate the discussion. We have a proven process on how we run the meetings and how we run the interviews and things like that. And uh, I, I tell you the feedback from everybody that's been a part of the group, they're like, we would do this again in a heartbeat. And pretty much every operation that has gotten into a peer group with us has wanted to continue as their peer group evolves or get, you know, new people involved in that operation to continue to learn. It's, it's just a really cool experience. Yeah, I, I love that you guys do a SWOT analysis for other farmers because it gives it gives them a unique opportunity to showcase their opinion. And I, I think everyone has something to contribute, to share to the world in their own way. And I, I like that you touch on, you know, consultancy, but at the end of the day, you might have, you know, things that you're good at, but they're also ag professionals. Like they run their operation. They know what they're doing on their farm. Maybe they'll need to tweak a few things here and there, but they've been doing this for years and bringing peers like that together in one location to share their perspective and almost work, uh, really working as a team. That's invaluable. I, I could go on for days about it, but aside from, aside from just that, wide array of experience and knowledge that you just referred to you know everybody everybody's going through challenges and everybody's been through challenges but a lot of times operations are at different levels so you could bring a father son into the operation into the peer group and then you have another father son operation that they've already been there 15 years ago and so now you have guidance you have mentors uh, we create accountability partners out of the action items that come out of the SWOT analysis and so now you have anywhere from eight to 15 other people in that room that you could pick up the phone and call and, you know, say, Hey, Chris, I got, I got this going on. You know, can you talk to me about how you guys went through that challenge? And it's just, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal way to get to know those peers. And then, you know, just one real short story. I had a guy come up to me in, in the peer group, actually the peer group I was at last week. And uh, this was two years ago. He comes up and he goes, well, he goes, I think I just paid for the peer group for the next forever. And I said, oh, yeah. I said, why is that? He goes, well, I was talking to so-and-so, and we got to talking about how we're doing our combine operations. And I think I think that three-minute chat we just had over a beer probably saved me $100,000 over the next three years. And so it's, <laughs> you know, so I was, you know, grinning ear to ear just because that's so cool that he didn't come to the peer group expecting that, but they're sitting there networking, having a cocktail and, you know, it's, it's literally adding tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars to his bottom line. And, and where do you replicate that? Very hard to replicate it. And there's so much tribal knowledge. It seems like my dad was just selling a combine last week, two weeks ago, and he went up to 
help this, help the guy, you know, grease it up, put the right, get, get it situated correctly for his carrots. Um, but my dad was just explaining all this tribal knowledge to him. And if he probably wouldn't have done that, it would have, he really probably would have busted the combine up. Yeah. 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 So it's half of it is fixing mistakes that you've already made and probably more valuable is avoiding mistakes in the future. Yeah. Avoiding mistakes in the future. That's, that that's huge. And I feel like that's where a lot of the work needs to be done. It, Cause I mean, I don't know about you, but it seems like planning is something that is always, there's not enough focus on it from like business structuring to transition planning to your cost of production. Is that what you see or what, what are the, some of the biggest like areas of opportunities that you see in those three pillars, like cost of production, transition, plan, there's and business structuring, there's a lot in there. But what are the common threads that you hear most often? One, one of the common themes or threads is the people that are listening to this podcast and the people that are looking to elevate their business and take it to the next level. They're doing the things that they know they ought to do, and they've been successful by their work ethic and their drive. But they're maybe not as consistent or as persistent or as detail-oriented as they could be or should be to take them to that next level. And it's, it's just providing a little bit of guidance or sometimes Chris and I like to joke to ourselves that we meet up with an operation and we're almost uh, like confirmation police of saying, yes, you're doing a good thing, but here's how you could do it better. Or you're right. That's probably not a good decision. And here's some examples of, of why it hasn't worked for other operations that we've worked with. And so being that confirmation police or coming in and giving people that value and perspective on what they're doing is huge. And so, you know, planning is, is very important. Having a strategic resource team around you. So, you know, that, that could be us as a consultant. That's your insurance team. That's your attorney and your CPA and your agronomic team that you're involved with, your peer group, if you have one of those. You know, making sure that you have that right team in place. And then, yeah, I mean, when it comes to planning, I look at the last three years of volatility and the people that had their ducks in a row, the clients that we work with are the ones that took their business in a, in a highly volatile, highly uncertain time. And they put 10 X on it when everybody else was doing three X and that it's just a product of their planning and their preparation for that opportunity. And again, taking good operations and, and helping them accelerate what they're doing to get better is, is really cool to see. Mm -hmm. It's almost like planning and having that strategic resource team, like builds resilience into their operation. Although very qualitative, it's not a number that you can quickly calculate, but it is very important and something that I think is, it's kind of like the, the thread amongst all of it, like this resiliency in your operation, it seems like. It's resilience. And I think the other word that I would use is confidence because it gives leaders and organizations the confidence that they're making competent decisions. It might be the right decision, but they're only going to go 30% of the way that they wish that they would have instead of having that team around you. And then all of a sudden, now you're 100% confident in that decision. You can, you can go all in. 
or, or you can devote, you know, 30% of your time to planning. And then when it's time to, to make that marketing decision or to buy that land or to do that expansion or change equipment or whatever it is, it, it's an easy day. You just make that decision and you move on to the next hard decision that you need to make as a business owner or an operator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that confidence is big, especially when you decide to go all in. I like going things all in. I feel like when you're you're not 100% committed to something, then you're doing a disservice to all the other stakeholders involved. So I, I, I agree with you on, on the confidence going all in, um, building that resiliency into the operation. The I wonder, from your perspective, when you guys go into a new operation or it's a new client, what is the framework that you guys are looking at? Does it start with cost of production? Does it start with financial analysis? Does it start with some forecasting? Can you walk us through some of those initial frameworks that you use? <clears throat> for us, it's it's a little bit more of fact-finding for the first hour or two, and typically we've done a fair amount of discussion or uh, research back and forth with an operation before we go in, so we have a, a decent idea. Uh, we really start with the discovery process of where have you been, where are you at in your operation, and where are you going? And then when you have multiple people involved, multiple generations involved, you know, this operation that I'm headed to tomorrow, they, they fit that criteria exactly. And so my framework is going to be, okay, where have you been, where are you at, where you're going? Let's talk now about where you are today and how do we get to that vision? And so then you can have a little bit more of a one-on-one -on -one discussion with each member, you know, in a group setting, in a professional group setting, that's moderated by a consultant. So everybody has to be on their best behavior. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and even more importantly, though, is having some of those hard conversations and asking the hard questions in the same place at the same time with the same group of people. Everybody hears the message at the same time. Mm. And and that is that is huge when you build into, OK, like you said, are we going to focus on the cost of production or or is the transition planning and mapping out the future? Is that where we need to start? Or is it, hey, we have these 16 different entities right now, and none of them are really structured that well, and we're probably not running them like we should. How do we consolidate or merge or change things so that it's easier to pass on to the next generation? Because with any of this, be, before you take you have to have your own house in order, and if you don't have your house in order, you really don't have any business growing and you don't have any business bringing the next generation in. And so, again, you know, you, you asked about the framework and how do we get started or what are some common themes there? That's that's how we approach it. And it's it's very appreciated. I think it's refreshing uh, to a lot of the people that we work with because it's like, OK, we're going to have a good discussion around this. We're going to be professional in this environment so that we can just we can just focus on the issue. We don't have to worry about all the other nuances. And uh, it takes a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, not manipulating, but a little bit of gentle, gentle care into those conversations to ensure that everybody stays on the right track and that everybody has the best interest of the operation at mind. Mm -hmm. I feel massaging, like those... massaging, if massaging. You that's the word yeah. I was looking for. Yeah. Massaging. Yeah. First thing that came to my 
head was just how many or the possibility of how many emotions could come up during those meetings. I mean, it's almost like a group therapy session, probably. It's, it's this thing where, especially in family dynamics, you get built up in your head that it's more than what it actually is, or you have unmet expectations or unrealized expectations more commonly is you didn't even know that dad or grandpa had that expectation. So all, all of a sudden you're now not meeting it. And you're like, well, I didn't even know this was an expectation in the first place. And yeah. so just to, <laughs> just to talk through that, or, you know, if you're, if you're the junior operator and you say, well, I think this is what mom and dad are thinking, but we just, we never talk about it or I can't get it out of them. And then you hear it and it's exactly what you thought it was. There's a lot of peace in knowing that of just hearing it said out loud and hearing it in an environment of, okay, now I have that off my mind. Now we can focus on here's steps A, B, and C to get to that goal, to get to where we're going. And I'll, and I'll tell you too, when it comes to cost of production, the biggest thing is people feeling that they are maybe inadequate managers or haven't done as good of a job as they've wanted to over time. So it takes a little bit of swallowing your pride to realize, hey, maybe we don't know our cost of production as well as we should. Maybe we're not handling equipment as well as we should. When it comes to business structuring, it's we don't even know where to start. You know, maybe we mm. built this monster, built this beast into what was necessary at the time, and, and it's kind of gotten out of our hands. So again, you have to swallow that pride a little bit or reel it in or just admit that, hey, maybe maybe we don't know enough or, or don't have a good enough idea of what we should be doing moving forward. And then finally, or the third thing, when it comes to transition planning, I would say what's most common is uh, we don't know what we don't know. And it's scary because it's the hardest thing you have to do once in your life and you don't want to mess it up. But, but part of that is you don't want to mess it up, but you also can't just not get started because time is your biggest friend when it comes to transition. Mm-hmm. Taking one step into that fog. Yeah. You know, taking a step and just knowing that you have people and resources there along the way and knowing that your plan is going to be different than the neighbor down the road. And it's sure as heck going to be different than how maybe you as a senior generation transitioned with your mom or dad or uncles or grandpa 40 years ago. You know, we don't farm the same way we, for, we, we did 40 years ago. Why would you transition the same way that you did? And the reality is it's, it's very, very hard to do that. And, and in reality, and today, there's too much uh, tax consequences and liability and uh, complexity in the farming operation and decision making to try to make it that simple. And it can be, it can be easy to do if you have a plan in front of you, but it's probably not as simple as you would like it to be. And that's, that's where a little guidance and outside perspective helps. Mm-hmm. On that note, when you're helping these operations understand their business structure and possibly restructuring multiple businesses, perhaps, do you think the simple is better or is there, is it more nuance than that? I think everybody needs to understand what's going on in the operation. And it's probably most apparent when you look at a buy seller and operating agreement and it's 50 pages long because that's what the attorney needed to put in legalese to make it work. And no one actually knows what that document says. And so if you're the owner of that business, you should have a clear understanding of here's my business's financial standing. Here's what happens if I get hit by a beer truck. 
here's what happens if my uh, partial owner or my cousin or my nephew or son or daughter or whoever, um, if they're a partial owner and they're our retirement plan, what happens if they get hit by a beer truck? You know, the proverbial mm-hmm. beer truck comes along and something happens to someone. And, and that doesn't take a 54 page document to explain. You should know, okay, well, this is where the assets are going to go. This is how the buy sell is going to occur. We have an insurance plan in place. And at the end of the day, here's the intent behind the trust or the estate plan or the will that's set up behind it. And, and that's how, that's what's going to be executed when uh, changes are made or the operation and business gets sold. So there's, it's just the understanding of what goes into a business structure and how things work. The other thing that I would say is when, when you say business structure, you talk about entities, you know, sometimes people's eyes start to glaze over a little bit. Mm-hmm. You're already doing all those things in a farm operation. It's just, it's all in one big bucket right now. And so taking that structure, literally adding structure to it and saying, okay, here's your trucking division. Here's your equipment division. Here's your crop operation. Here's your land holdings or your individual operators, whatever. And in four or five or six buckets in some cases, because a lot of businesses that we work with have multiple, multiple businesses going on. You all of a sudden just created really clear transition plan really clear managerial roles and responsibilities and really clear accounting, it's going to take 12 to 24 months to kind of rip that bandaid off. And your CPA might not like it by getting that structure (laughs) in place. You know, once you have it in place, there's no one that we've worked with and we've done over a hundred of these with different operations of various levels of complexity. There's no one that's gone to improve business structure that's ever gone back. And I think that speaks volumes for itself of you don't recognize the need for it, or maybe you recognize the need, you know, you feel like a little bit of, a little bit of pain in your foot and you think that maybe there's a rock in your shoe, but you're not sure if, you know, you've been on your feet all day. It's the same thing when it comes to business structure. Once you get that rock out and you get that business structure in place, you're like, I don't know how we ever did it before. <laughs> yeah, why, I can walk again. Just, I can walk again. And I, and I, you know, and you just feel more comfortable and confident. And then when you bring other people into the business, and I mentioned you, you really have no business growing or adding complexity to your operation until you have your house in order. Well, shoot, once you have your house in order, then sky's the limit. So I think that's, that's one of the biggest things of business structure. Mm-hmm. It's a huge concept and really can really pivot. When you think about, like I came from, grew up on the farm, but I've been working in corporate finance for the last decade and I've seen how structured everything is and I've understand and I understand how corporations structure their entities and so I see why they do it and I think it's a very similar approach here when you think about your land has very different valuation than your trucks your operations should be you know perhaps in a corporate entity outside of the land and managing your profits within those entities. Like it's very, it it can flow really well and it can also protect your ass at the same time. Yeah. Having that liability protection is the number two reason. Number one, in some cases just kind of depends on the operation, but you know, if you got six semis that are, you know, three of them are going over the road and uh, three of them are hauling grain, but then sometimes you hook up the farm truck to haul a commercial and, now all of a sudden you get in an accident and someone is seriously injured or, or God forbid dies, 
now the trucking entity is at risk. Your farm equipment is at risk. Your land ownership is at risk. And by the way, if you're the senior generation, that is the last thing that you want for your legacy. Because when it comes to trucks anymore, the standard is to go for 10 or $15 million in a lawsuit. And I don't know a lot of farm operations that can carve off 10 or $15 million and, and write a check and say, well, yeah, we'll be okay. Yeah, that's a steep check. And, and most of the time, there's not enough liability insurance to, you know, cover that or, or the lawsuit will go up to the liability coverage. But if, it, if they don't feel it's enough, they're going to come after your other assets. And that's just, a, you know, a little bit of a sad reality of the world that we're in today. But again, the, the complexity and how we farm today and how we operate and everything that's going on in this environment, you have to be the business manager that understands those things. And you have to be the decision maker that says, hey, we need to make a change here. We need to get stuff set up for the future. We need to have an operation or a business that is either easy to purchase down the road or easy to transition or, you know, whatever it may be, just make sure that your vision and the realities of the complexities that you operate in today are aligned appropriately. Mm-hmm. I love that point. And when you just think about the next step of your business, like whatever that looks like. I mean, for, for my dad right now, we're figuring out how to structure things right now, doing exactly this, um, figuring out what makes the most, the most sense, um, for different, different entities on the farm. Um, but it's really big. I mean, when you think about the, the one big bucket that you talked about, I mean, there's a whole bunch of different rocks in a bucket and you don't know what's in there until you, kind of dump out all those rocks and start to organize them and place them in the right categories. And, but in my mind, it's, it, it's kind of similar to that because you only have one bucket and you can lose a lot of water in that bucket. There's a lot going on, but before you get clarity on what's, what's in your bucket, like you don't know mm-hmm. until you do that and you can't really make any steps forward. And, and what I would add there too and this is not speaking just for Chris and I or Eggview Solutions or whatever, you know, just a consultant in general or someone that understands the big picture. You know, Chris and I always joke, we're not attorneys, we're not CPAs, we're not insurance agents. We could play them on TV if we wanted to, uh, but we don't really want to that bad. What we do and what we provide to farm operations is the big understanding. We're, We're the conduit between those resources. We're the conduit between what your vision is for your farm operation between taking those rocks out of the bucket and saying, okay, here's, here's some ideas on how you should organize them. You know, which piles do these rocks need to go in and which piles need to not go in the other piles. And then once you have that framework set out, it's, it's pretty clear. And then it's just the process of getting it done. And that's where you employ and work with the other strategic resource partners to pull that picture together of, okay, how do we take where we're at and paint that picture to where we're going and get set up for success? And so having someone that can act as the conduit or act as, you know, the other analogy that we make is an insurance agent might be a half inch wrench and a CPA might be a nine sixteenths and an attorney might be a three quarters. It's great if you need those three wrench sizes, but sometimes you need to have flexibility between all of them. And so we're kind of like the crescent wrench that does a little (laughs) bit of everything. And so lovingly, you know, CPAs sometimes have, have more problems with business structure and some of them get it right away and they don't. So I'm not picking on CPAs if there's any CPAs listening, but it, it can be a lot of changes, you know, when you have different, 
different filings and different K-1s and things like that that are coming back. But for a farm operation to call us and say, hey, I got a meeting with my CPA on Thursday. Can you guys hop on for 45 minutes and kind of help explain this business structure and, and answer any questions? Yeah, no problem. And so then you have someone that can help explain the process, help explain the vision that you've been farming. You don't know or haven't wanted to know any of this stuff. Now you have a tool. Now you have a resource by your side to help you along. Shay, you are the crescent wrench of ag. <laughs> I should get that tattoo. <laughs> yeah. It'd look good. Anywhere on your arm. I mean, it can't be on your butt because no one will see it. Well, I don't know. There's a, yeah, probably not. So no, I'll, I'll think about yeah, that. Yeah, right next to craftsman. <laughs> Shay, this has been a blast. And we have talked about a lot today. Um, I just love that you're having these peer groups um, managing across the Midwest, getting people together, learning from each other, um, extending that tribal knowledge, helping each other out, you know, helping people communicate, plan better. I mean, we could go on with with today's conversation, but is there one thing that you'd like to leave our listeners with today? I guess one thing that I've been thinking a lot about in in our operation and with the the peer groups and the consulting and the farm business is what's, you know, what's your why? What's your purpose? Why do you do what you do? And I think if you can really take some time to think about what that is, are, are we building legacy? Are we generating income? Are we trying to put our family in a better financial position? Do we want to spend more time with our kids? And that's why we run our farm operation the way that we do. Whatever your vision is, put the tools and put the systems in place to achieve that vision because we don't we don't necessarily live to farm or live to run our businesses. We run our businesses and farm so that we can lead the lifestyles and and do the important things about and you know as as we have kids that are getting older and as many people listening have kids and grandkids and are moving on to the next generation or trying to set up that legacy you know life is too short to not capitalize on making your business be all that it can be to support the other things that you want to do in life and i i think that's probably the biggest take-home message is we want people and businesses to thrive and those things are not mutually exclusive. They go together. So find the people on your team, uh, you know, consultants, the tools that you need to put in place and just get after it. And I think uh, the people listening to this will probably resonate with that message. I agree, Shay. I agree. Where can people get a hold of you if they're interested in learning more about Money or Seed or AgView Solutions or just to get to know you more? Yeah, so uh, on the cost of production tool, you can find that at farmprofitmanager.com for the conferences, the peer groups, the consulting that we do. That's at agviewsolutions.com. So agviewsolutions.com. And the seed business is monier seed, M-O-N-I-E-R seed.com. Happy to take calls, text messages, emails from anybody. And just if there's a way that we can help great, or if you just want to pick up the phone and give a call, that's fine too. Love it. We'll drop all of those in the show notes as well. Shay, appreciate your time today, time today, sir.